It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with Dallas over Zoom video. Dallas was born and raised just outside of Toronto in Canada. She talked about how she got into music. At six years old, her parents bought her a guitar and immediately she started writing songs. So at six, she presented a song to her parents that she had written and right away they threw her in voice lessons and guitar lessons. She talked about playing bars around the same age. She'd get up and do Avril Lavigne and Jewel covers. In high school, she got very interested in musical theater and performance. So she went to college, got into college for musical theater, went to a performing arts college in New York, ended up moving back to Canada after graduating from school, where she started to pursue a career as a solo artist. She talked about releasing her first songs as a solo artist, writing her massive hit Outer Space, and all about her new Christmas record. And the very first single she released from the album called Nightmare Before Christmas. You can watch our interview with Dallas on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Dallas. Awesome. So this podcast is about you and your journey in music and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, are you originally from Toronto? I am. I'm born and raised. I mean, I grew up 45 minutes outside of the city, but I'm definitely down there a lot more nowadays. So, yeah. What was it like growing up there or outside of Toronto, actually? Was it just a pretty small town? Um, yes and no. I mean, okay. like, I mean, it is the suburbs, but um, I went to sure. school in kind of like a bigger town. So that was like a 15 minute drive. But I mean, Toronto is only 40 minutes from me. So, I mean, I was down there a lot. I'm still down there a lot. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's Toronto. It is what it is. And I feel like it has like this super hype around it. But I mean, when you're from here, it's kind of just home, obviously. Sure, sure. And how did you get into music? I've been singing and writing music since I was six years old. So wow. it, yeah, I was just kind of thrown into it. I think by my parents, maybe they gave me a guitar and I kind of just learned myself and then um, started writing songs and started kind of going into lessons. So I did vocal lessons, piano, guitar for a little bit, but I was never really into the theory part of things. And I feel like as a kid, it is hard to kind of stick to that. And that's definitely something I regret a lot of, but um, mm. yeah, it just kind of stuck. And I was just doing a, doing it more so as like a hobby until I started high school. And then I 
joined the theater program, got into musical theater, went on to study musical theater in uh, New York City, actually. Wow. Yeah, then I came back to Toronto and I've just really been focusing on my solo career as a recording artist. Very cool. You said six years old, you got a guitar? Yeah, that's when I wow. started this whole are, journey. Are your, is, are your parents musical at all? Or I'm interested to know yeah. why they would have bought you a guitar. Like that's, I have a five-year-old son who I would love. To, I mean, I got him drums and he has a piano and like we, I'm put trying to push him that way, but to, to be, actually want to play it that's pretty impressive <laughs> at six i have three brothers so and i'm the only girl in the family so i think it was more so just trying to find something that could maybe differentiate myself from them or um older I, or younger one older and two younger so okay I'm kind of in the middle of the pack and we're very close in age mm-hmm. uh, and so i was always really even though i was the second oldest, I definitely felt like I had something to prove. And okay. I was super sporty growing up. We all played rep hockey. But I think for me, having this was just something t- for my own. So mm-hmm. maybe that was why. And you did you said you started writing songs right away? Yeah, seriously. Wow. I, like my very first song I wrote when I was six years old. And I remember showing my parents. And I think like basically the next week I was in guitar lessons and singing lessons. It was just kind of like this. Wow. That's awesome that they're so supportive too. So supportive. I think they, they're honestly the biggest reason why I'm maybe still doing it to this day. I feel like I myself would have given up a long time ago, but yeah, definitely. My dad was super supportive from the very beginning and for a long time, you know, helped me financially through college. And that was like a huge blessing. And mm-hmm. even still kind of coming out of that and being like, you know, I think I'm going to focus on being a songwriter and an artist and not really focus on Broadway. He was still like, yep, do it. Like, this is what you're meant to be doing. So it, it's been awesome. It's been really great to have supportive parents that is that is really incredible instead of your parents being like yeah that's a cool like hobby you have um how about you like you know push go to school for business or you know something totally not what you want to do in in the most sense i was was more so that person being i I was so interested in high school i was just so interested in learning like i just loved science and i loved english and there were so many other things i would love to be doing and i mean who knows where the future will go. And, you know, maybe I could just be like a marine biologist and a singer on this like at the same time. But yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, they were super supportive of like this one dream. And I do really feel like it is my purpose um, to be writing music and I wouldn't really be happy doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So, so, uh, you know, how did, how did your musical career kind of progress? Like from six, you're writing songs and you're showing them to your parents, but like, do you start playing in a band or playing with other people, playing coffee shops? Like as you get older, like what was from six to going to college for, for musical theater? Like, how do you get to there? Yeah, it's definitely been a long kind of journey, but um, yeah, started writing music and how it kind of started was my very first guitar teacher became like a sister to me. And to Mm -hmm. this day, we're still, we actually recently, I have my Christmas album coming up and she is kind of helping on the back end of that, which is pretty awesome. Wow. Full circle. 
full circle and and she's out in bc so it's not like we've seen each other for that long but she's now um like a radio tracker and she does all of like the pr side of things so it's it's awesome but um yeah kind of with her she we just became super close and i started doing shows with her at like bars i was six or seven literally going and singing like Avril Lavigne or Jewel in bars um, which is like the earliest days I can think of in terms of performing so you were performing in front of people right away yes but I had such a horrible like fear of performing and to this day it's like something that I struggle with and I have to kind of like coach myself through every time I have a live performance but it's really odd because I've done theater my whole life as a, even as like a kid, I was doing local shows and that was never like a problem. Playing a part was never a problem for me. I could go on stage and I felt super comfortable and was so excited to be on stage and performing in front of people. But when it came to like my own songs and just me on stage, it was like a whole different story. So yeah. And then you had to be a lot more vulnerable. I mean, Especially if you're playing your own songs, not only that, but if you're up there covering songs by yourself, I mean, if you're in a play or a musical, there's other people that may be the focus of what's happening at that moment. And maybe there's not as much pressure. If someone screws up, you're like, well, it wasn't me. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And then um, just went to New York, studied, like I said, musical theater there. So we studied singing and dance and acting. And I was 100% the underdog in this entire situation because um, I didn't really have any formal training growing up, like my Royal Conservatory, like none of that. I just applied, auditioned, I was like, if I get in, I'll go. If I don't, I'm going to take the year off and really try and find what it is that I want to do. And I did get in and I went and it was kind of crazy seeing the difference between where I was compared to my peers. They were just so in the loop with everything that had to do with Broadway, like dating back to the 1960s. And I'm just kind of like, I just love theater and I love so I'm here just to like try right. and enjoy this. So it was very, very like eye-opening experience for me. And it taught me a lot and I learned a lot. And then I came home and I met my current producer and manager. And we've been working for two and a half going on three years now. So wow. a long journey of just kind of like really focusing on finding my sound and honing my craft and really just what makes me different as a female mm-hmm. pop artist compared to everything that's out there right now. Mm-hmm. And now, Fire. sorry, sorry. Go ahead. no, and you go ahead. I was just going to say, and now um, kind of that like live shows are coming back. I'm going to be gearing up for hopefully a heavier live show in 2022. Exciting. That's really exciting. Yeah. Did you join like uh, the, a musical or a musical theater class at, towards the end of high school? Like what drew you to musical theater and, and then pursuing that in college? So I did, like I said, I did like local shows as a kid kind of growing. Mm-hmm. They were, I mean, it's like six to 12 year olds in these plays. So it's just kind of like for fun, like a summer camp sort of vibe. And then in high school we had, a really, really great 
theater program. Um, and we put on these huge productions and, you know, people from who didn't even go to our school would come to watch them because they were wow. just well known. And um, you could only apply an audition when you were in high school. So my, my actual school went from JK to grade 12. So it was a very small school in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, everyone knew about the program and I had watched the plays kind of growing up. And then once I was in grade nine, I auditioned. And yeah, I just, I just fell in love with the community, to be honest. Everyone's so supportive. And I, I obviously love to sing and perform. And it was just great being able to be with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And then applying for the school in New York, what was that process like? Did you send a video of yourself or did you have to go there and audition in person? No, they actually did live auditions. So they would travel in throughout Canada, throughout the U.S. Wow. I, yeah. And so I actually auditioned with my best friend. And this story is kind of funny because I met her uh, when I was in grade five Mm -hmm. and um, (laughs) I remember the first time I I walked up to her, I was like, do you want to sit with me? And she was like, no, thanks. Oh, okay. (laughs) But we quickly became best friends and I'm not too sure if you're familiar. Do you remember agendas? You know, in school you would get like agendas and you would write down your Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, in our agenda, the first year of meeting her, we had both wrote down, when we grow up, you're going to go to New York and study dance, and I'm going to study singing. And we like signed each other's agendas. And it was just kind of like this goal of ours. And I guess it just kind of manifested into itself because we did, we both ended up going to New York and we lived together and she studied dance and I studied singing. And yeah. Wow. I mean, she, we both auditioned for the same school, but she ended up um, choosing a different um, college to go to in New York. But you guys lived together and lived the the dream together. That's amazing. That was awesome. Do you still have that agenda? Oh, I'm, I probably do. That's the thing is I definitely do somewhere probably in my home basement, but (laughs) I I should find that. That would be awesome. That would be really cool to, to have. I mean, at least. Um, so, so you go to school, then you, you graduate from, from school in New York and you're like, yeah, I don't really feel like pursuing the Broadway thing or you just kind of, kind of turned off to it. Like, how do you return back to Canada and, and pursue a career as a solo artist? Um, it was more so just like, I still to this day would love to do Broadway. And hopefully that is like a goal of mine. In fact, I actually want to try eventually to really bring that to Toronto because we do have such a great theater community here. And I just Mm -hmm. feel like it's not being utilized properly. And we have fantastic theaters downtown that host these great touring companies, but we don't really throw our own shows. So that's definitely something that would, I think Toronto should kind of invest in, but um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I just kind of came back to Toronto one summer and was like, started writing my songs again and and just fell in love with actually writing. And I just felt like at the time, that's what I needed to start doing. So I kind of put the Broadway stuff on hold and decided to focus on writing and becoming my own artist. That's amazing. And so you move back home and you just start writing your own songs. And what's the first thing you put out there to the world? So I came back I think it would have been 2017 or 18 and Mm -hmm. um, 
basically started writing for three or four months with my producer and we kind of decided on one single and we put it out there and it did well don't get me wrong but it's I mean it's a journey you know like nothing just happens really overnight anymore so in 2019 I actually decided to stop releasing music and really just take the year to build my catalog and really really find my sound and how I can kind of like push the boundaries of genre. And that's really where my artistry lies. I just don't want to be this like plain Jane bubblegum pop artist. That's not who I am. And that's not really what my music's about. So I really took that year to try and find a way to like blend genres cohesively. And I feel like now it's been two ish years and I've really like been able to do exactly that and, and really just hone in on my craft. So you spent what 2019 doing that? Were you hoping like 2020 was going to be like, all right, we're going to put a bunch of records out. We're going to play a bunch of shows. Like it sounds yeah. like that kind of got, well, obviously I knocked was. off track. <laughs> I, I actually was. And I had my first headlining show was at the mod club. And I'm, I mean, you're probably not familiar with it, but in Toronto, it actually is like famous for pretty much hosting all of Canadian artists as their first show. So like the, wow. Weekend- yeah, The weekend had his very first show there. Um, Justin Bieber's performed there. Lesia Cara had the, her first show there. So a lot of wow have performed there. And it was my first headlining show. I had I'd been rehearsing with my band for months. I had this whole thing planned out. And then a week out from the show, I pretty much had to cancel because of COVID. So Oh, man, what a bummer. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was devastating, but I mean, the whole thing was devastating for everyone. So sure. So yeah. these songs coming out now, I mean, like Issues is a more recent one. And then obviously we'll talk about the the Christmas record. But were those songs that you had written during that 2019 year and just were releasing them because now it's like, OK, well, we're all stuck here anyway. I might as well continue the plan. Yeah, well, 2020 was another year of just kind of writing and I was still writing every single day and I actually wrote issues in 2020 so that was more it was a, a bit more fresh compared to okay. the ones but I still have those songs and I'm still gearing up to release those it, mm-hmm. it's just funny because um I work really really closely with my producer and mm-hmm. we're constantly kind of revisiting these songs and <laughs> reproducing them so even though they've been sitting in the vault for like two years now it's kind of like a breath of fresh air whenever we open them and we kind of change things within the production or vocally. And it's awesome. That's cool. And you have a huge song or a huge feature on a song uh, with outer space. How did that happen? Oh, damn. That was a while ago. I'm trying to think um, because I actually wrote that maybe like a year or two before it was released. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And I, they, I think they had, um, approached me and they were just looking for a top line and I sent it to them and they loved it. And they're like, we actually want you to sing on it. Um, we're going to run with it. And then I didn't really hear anything back from them for, I want to say like a year and a half, maybe two years. And then it came out and I think it has like exceeded all of our expectations. It's been (laughs) doing great. And yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's at nearly 8 million plays on Spotify. Yeah, I was actually, it's funny because a couple months ago I was in Toronto um, at a restaurant and I heard the song over the speakers. Like it was just playing in the restaurant and I was singing along and I was like, why do I know this song? And I was like, (laughs) oh yeah, I wrote it. (laughs) It Seriously what happened. And then 
I was like, guys, this is my song. It was just, it was funny. It was like the first kind of um, moment I've had like that. So it was, it was funny. That is really cool. Oh, so now this record you have coming out is it's a Christmas record. Yeah. The first song you've put out is nightmare before Christmas, mm-hmm. which is kind of a darker, obviously side to, to, to Christmas. Is that kind of how the, the record is set up or tell um, me about the concept behind the, the Christmas album when this all began. Yeah. So I had this idea coming into 2021. So I came into my first session with my manager and we kind of do this every year where we're just like, all right, what's our goals? What do we want to accomplish this year? And I had said to him, I was like, I want to do a Christmas album. And he was super supportive right away. And was like, yep, let's go. Let's start because we know, you know, time moves fast. We, if we're doing a whole album, we better start now, even though mm-hmm. Christmas had just pretty much happened. Um, so it's still kind of fresh though, at least. Yep. Still fresh. But I mean, we were basically, we had, so the album is nine songs and we had all of the vocals done by, I want to say May. Mm-hmm. So pretty much June, July, August, we spent those three months producing every single song and trying to produce Christmas music in the summer is pretty challenging. I would imagine. <laughs> like Not the vibe for Christmas. Yeah. I mean, it's so nice outside and you're in a dark studio trying to like find inspiration to produce Christmas music. It's hard, but um, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. So that is the first single off of the album and mm-hmm. The album's not fully dark and kind of heavy like this, but okay. um, yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be a, a fun vibe for Christmas. But well, that's um, what I was curious. I was like, wow, this is going to be a really dark Christmas album. The thing is like, like I said, I just, I don't want to kind of just be your typical pop artist. I kind of want to keep the listeners guessing. So mm-hmm. with Nightmare Before Christmas, I had this concept in mind before I had even written it. And I was just like, I want to start the album off with this like tragic love story that kind of revolves around Christmas time and somehow incorporate that into this whole story of an album. And so it's actually the first song off of the album and it's the first single. And yeah, I mean, the whole album itself is not like that. It kind of transitions very like fluidly throughout. So it does start a bit heavy and we have Um, Nightmare Before Christmas the first song and then it goes into the second track it's called Scrooge and it's an upbeat kind of pop punk vibe song but really talks about kind of like seasonal depression and um, things that aren't typically talked about during this time of year being from Canada and Toronto that's something that like we experience heavily is just you know it's dark by 4 30 p.m and Mm -hmm. and people have this horrible transition between summer and winter and yeah it's not as heavy um production wise it's actually very um boppy and and fun but yeah i just wanted to have a song on there that also spoke to the people that don't necessarily love christmas time and maybe they're affected by it because they've lost someone there's so many different reasons but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean then it goes into your like classic kind of Mariah Carey vibe, like fun and playful vibes. And I love those songs off the album as well. And I do a cover of Santa Baby as well, which is, which is dope. Oh, cool. That was my next question was if you put any classic Christmas songs on the record. Yeah. So there's uh, seven originals and two covers. I do Santa Baby, which is a rock version, which will be 
people to experience. It's very much the same kind of vibe as Issues, which I think a lot of people loved that song. So when they mm-hmm. listen to the album, they're going to really fall in love with Santa Baby. And then the out- outro is a acapella rendition of Silent Night. Wow. Acapella. Yeah. What was that like doing that, uh, recording that? It was hard. It was a lot more challenging than I thought it was because we genuinely did it acapella. So it's not like I sung to a track and then we just took the track out. Like I did all of it acapella and there's like these beautiful harmonies that we spent so much time on. And even though it it might be like, it might seem like the simplest track on the album, it was actually probably the toughest to kind of get out there. I would imagine. (laughs) Yeah. It's just your voice, right? I mean, there's no, nothing to cover up anything. Yeah. I mean, that song is special and really sentimental to me. And I felt like I needed to have that on the album because um, I was a super colicky baby. And my mom says the only song that would help me go to sleep or for me to calm down was Silent Night. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is cool. And why'd you choose Santa Baby? Just like that one? Um, yeah, I feel like I've always like sung it growing up, but I knew I wanted to kind of take it and spin it on its head and do something different and do something that, you know, you, you haven't really heard. I mean, you've heard the jazzy version, you've heard the pop version, you, you've got the R&B versions, but never really heard like a straight kind of heavy rock version mm-hmm. of Santa Baby. So I'm really pumped for people to hear this one. That is cool. When's the record coming out? Before Christmas? November 24th. So we're oh, a few close. weeks away, right? A couple weeks away. Yeah, I'm super excited. And were you able to reschedule that show you had, that headlining show? We're still working on it. Obviously, um, you know, people bought tickets and, and we're hoping to get something solidified for early next year. Very cool. Very, mm-hmm. very cool. And thank you so much, Dallas, for doing this. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I have one more question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Yeah, I I would say like, I kind of say this all the time, but just keep going. Honestly, like for me, I know there can be a lot of moments of doubt and, you know, this industry can really make you feel jaded, but just honestly, keep going, keep practicing, do something every day. That's really kind of 